Hey everyone, Mario Salinas here. Welcome to Wisdom's Echo Origin Gates Daily Podcast. I hope you are preparing for a merry, merry Christmas and I trust it will be a good one for you if you are celebrating that holiday and also that you are setting your heart on the things that Yahweh has for all of us in the year to come. And I believe the best is yet to come for all of us. Today's story brings me to my late teenage years and to the island of Cyprus where I was raised. I lived my first five years in the United States where I was born and then my family moved to Cyprus where my parents came from and my entire clan or tribe so to speak lived. And I was raised there. I went through the school systems in Cyprus, a Greek school for my elementary and then uh, the American Academy which is one of the premier schools on the island. Um, an amazing education and opportunities that I would have never had in other places. And I'm deeply, deeply grateful for these uh, opportunities. And while I was at the American Academy and I was in my senior year, three friends of mine, three brothers, uh, one who was in his mid to late 20s, another brother that was just uh, finishing the military, uh, which is mandatory in Cyprus, and then my friend who was in my school, they decided to do something that was absolutely unheard of and no one had ever done on the island of Cyprus. They built a Lamborghini from the ground up using a kit they bought from Italy where Lamborghinis are made. And they built a Lamborghini out of fiberglass and with an engine that they put together from scratch. It was a three-year project that had begun when we were about 15 years old, my friend and I, and his brothers and he built this car in secrecy. They built it in their garage. They didn't tell many people about it. Uh, most people that would see them working on a car thought they were building a race car or some kind of go-car or some, <clears throat> some kind of car like the others people built on the island from time to time, but no one thought that they were building what was going to end up becoming a red Lamborghini and the first Lamborghini on the island of Cyprus. Their house wasn't very far from my house and we had spent many, many, many days and hours together conversing about all kinds of things and hanging out and doing all kinds of cool things. It was a wonderful family, very, very tight family, tight-knit family. And I personally believe that they had a touch of God on their lives and, and a heart for God, even though it was a different religious system altogether. I, I just believe now, after having observed them all those years and been in their family and had meals with them, that they were in the faith. But that's something that I can't prove right now, and it doesn't really matter in terms of my story, but I believe there's a value system that I'm about to point, point out that stems from their faith in the Lord. So my friend and his two brothers built this car and I came into their lives in a very close way in the last year of this project. And it was the last few months of the project that they let me in on what they were building and that this hunk of, 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 of fiberglass and this engine that was inside of it was going to be a Lamborghini. And the reason they had to tell me about it is because I was always in their house. I was always hanging out with them. And at one point they installed the doors that they had built. And of course 
the Lamborghini doors open upwards. Most of them do for Lamborghinis. I, I actually have never seen one that the doors open the way conventional car doors open. And so when the doors were installed and they went up, they finally said to me, we need to let you in on this. This is going to be a Lamborghini. <clears throat> and as they pieced together all the different parts for this Lamborghini and then started to apply uh, the different coats of paint of red, this, this bright stop sign red paint on this car, um, it, was, it was a marvel. It was something spectacular. And when that car was finished, there was only one task left before they could release it on the streets of Larnaca, where the world was about to be shocked. They were about to shock the world with the first Lamborghini. Well, the world, our world, right? We were very Cypress-centered, thinking that the world revolved around us. And maybe it did, but in a very different way than we thought it did. And so, and so here are these three guys who envisioned something, ordered a kit from Italy, built a car from scratch, finally finished it, it had this beautiful finish on it. It looked just like the Lamborghinis you would see in movies or in car dealerships where they sell Lamborghinis. It was the real deal. Obviously, it didn't have all the engine parts and all the things a Lamborghini would. And on the inside, it wasn't as fancy as a modern Lamborghini would be of that day. But it definitely looked like one. And the doors coming up definitely gave it that characteristic feature. And so all they had to do was to push the car from the garage to the backyard, turn and make a wide turn in the backyard and bring, it bring the car along the side of the house to the front lawn and then eventually onto the street. And the neighborhood who were now alerted to what was going on was gathered there the day that they were going to do this. And and the siblings who had built the car and their father as an honorary gesture from the bro brothers to their dad were the ones who were going to push the car uh, out of the garage into the backyard, make the white turn, and then go along the side of the house to, to, the, um, to the road. And the, and the brothers actually wanted the older brother to drive the car first, and then um, the brothers would take turns uh, and then their dad. So they had everything figured out. It was this amazing moment for this family and the two sisters, or I think one sister they had, uh, and some cousins, and of course the proud mom and the neighborhood was gathered there to see this, the immediate neighborhood, I should say, because sometimes when we say neighborhood, it could be something uh, very big. And so I was there with some of my friends and we, we were celebrating this moment with them. So there came the moment when they were going to open up the back door to the garage, which they did. And they pushed the car out into the back lawn. They made the white turn. Everything was going perfect. And when they got to the part where they had to push the car beside the house to get it to the road, something was wrong. There was an, there was a lemon tree in the back in the along the side of the house that had been planted many years before and had grown during the 3 years that the car was being built so much so that the trunk was not allowing 
enough space between the lemon tree and the house for the Lamborghini to fit through. There was absolutely no other way for that Lamborghini to be taken out of that property and onto the street unless it was pushed along the side of the house to the road. And so this lemon tree had grown so much <laughs> to where there was an inch or two that it was not allowing. So of course someone said, you know, what are we going to do? And we can't cut the lemon tree. One one of the neighbors said that. And this is because in Cyprus, trees are very, very sacred. We, we, um, the pine trees in particular are very protected. There are 10 different species of pine on the island of Cyprus. And even if you had a pine tree leaning over the bedroom of your child and endangering its life, if it ever came down on that room, you could not just cut that pine tree down without permission. You would have to seek the forestry department. You would have to get a special permit. You would have to have probably their crews to come out to take the tree down if they deemed it necessary. And many times in extraordinary cases like that, they wouldn't even deem it necessary. That's how protected trees are. And lemon trees, though they are not as protected as the pine because they are more common than some of those rare pines that we have up on the high mountains of Cyprus, uh, the, the lemon tree is a tree that is in many, many different yards of Cypriots. It's a, it's a very special thing to have in your backyard along with the fig tree. Uh, that's why it says in the Bible that during the reign of Solomon, every man had peace under his vine and fig tree. That signifies that there was a joy and a jubilation and a, and a, and a happiness all around and a peace to where they enjoyed the shade of their vines and the fruit of their fig trees. And a lemon tree is something that is very much like the fig tree and the vine on the island of Cyprus. And many people do have fig trees and vines, but they also like to have lemon trees. And some people like to have orange trees as well in their yard. And Danielle and I own an orchard in Cyprus and we have several uh, fruit bearing trees of that nature. And definitely we have one big lemon tree in the middle of the orchard. And we love to get the lemons from there as a family. And so when when they couldn't get the Lamborghini to go between the lemon tree and the house because the lemon tree trunk had had thickened so much that it wasn't allowing this this movement of the car through there everybody turned and looked at the mother of the house it was her call and her call was cut the tree and i'll never forget that moment when she made that decision and the honor that was given to her by the neighborhood, of course, but especially by her her husband and by her sons. And I still believe to this day that if she had said, we're not cutting the tree, the Lamborghini would have stayed there or they would have found a way to get it out through a crane or some other way that would have been invented later on. But we definitely couldn't have done it with a crane back then. There wasn't there weren't such things um, available. Maybe they were in the cities or some places, but nobody was going to pay $500 an hour to have a crane out there to lift the Lamborghini out. So I remember the way everyone just hushed and looked at her and she looked at the tree and she looked at her sons and she looked at the car and shook her head when she looked at the car and said, cut the lemon tree. And they took a saw and they cut the lemon tree. Now I've thought about that incident many, many times from many different angles. I thought about it from the angle of 
uh, that some things grow while we grow around us as we grow, like the lemon tree did, without them noticing that the lemon tree had grown. And nobody even thought to measure the distance between the lemon tree and the house because when they started, there was plenty of room for this to happen. And yet something had grown while they were growing in this particular endeavor. And I've thought about it from that angle and I've thought about it from other angles as well. But the one I want to leave with you and to have us consider for this particular story time is this parent who obviously planted that tree, nourished that tree, ate from the fruit of that tree and fed her family from the fruit of that tree on a daily basis. There's not a day that the Cypria diet is not going to have something in it that has lemon squeezed over the top of it. At least in our house it was that way and I'm sure it was that way in theirs as well. And this mother, this matriarch, this woman who was a woman of virtue and great character, a noble woman, decided to lay aside something that was precious to her because she wanted her kids, who had grown to this point of having built a fancy car by themselves over three years, she wanted them to excel and to succeed in what they were doing, even if it was at the expense of what she had planted and fertilized and pruned and grown, even to the point where it was a large and very fruitful tree. And I've thought about that many times as a father, that there are some things, I'm not talking about moral things or ethical things or things that are of, of, of an ill repute, but there are some things that I've had to compromise on with my own children. And I've thought about that mother when I did so, thinking I need to cut this lemon tree. It's precious to me, but if I'm going to see them get to where they're going and advance in the way that they're moving, I have to lay down some things that have become sacred to me. And again, I'm not speaking of our value system. I'm not speaking of the ways of Yahweh. I'm not speaking of biblical truth. But I am speaking of some things that are preferences or ways of doing things, approaches to life, ideologies or philosophies that are beyond even our faith and the things that pertain to our worldview as believers in, in Yeshua. But those things are not that sacred to where I would sacrifice my kids' advancement for them. And I learned this lesson in retrospect, not in that very moment, but reflecting on what happened with the Lamborghini that day. I learned that sometimes you have to cut your lemon tree because that's the only way your kids, or if you don't have kids, those who are very near and dear to your heart are going to be able to see their dreams fulfilled. And so I don't know what happened with the Lamborghini after I left Cyprus. I went into the military and I lost touch with this family after that. And then I, I came to the U.S. for school and never went back really. And I, I've never been back there to, to visit or to see what happened with the Lamborghini. But I'll never forget that the first Lamborghini ever to, <laughs> to set its wheels on a street in Cyprus was in Larnaca, Cyprus, that my friends built from scratch and they had to cut their mother's lemon tree down to get it on the street. I hope you got something out of that and I hope that your children and those who are, who are precious to you will benefit from the way by which you and I 
will continue to advance them even if some of the things we are pursuing and desiring to see and some of the ways that we've established in our lives have to be laid down. Shalom everyone until we speak again. We remain in Yahweh's love.